Well, welcome, friends, to the Tree Church Online Bible Study. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Brandon Leineker, and I'm one of the pastors here, as well as the director over our discipleship department here at the Tree. And I am so grateful that you've joined us for this. We know that these have been very useful resources for you as we, as we started to kind of implement this Bible study on a regular basis. And we're so glad that you're engaging it. And it really is adding to your life. And I think it's ever more important, especially as we are in a book of the Bible right now and we're engaging the Roman series. We really hope that it is a supplement to you as you're trying to go deeper and further into understanding God's word and how it applies to your lives. And if you haven't heard, we are doing these Bible studies three days a week. We're doing them Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and they are pre-recorded, but we hope that you can still engage with them. Uh, and if you have questions, if you process through the information, and there are things that come up that you're curious about or you have additional questions of could you go a little bit further into that please submit those questions we love engaging you in that way and you can submit those questions uh, at info at the tree dot church and we'll follow up with you and be glad to kind of answer those questions for you now today we're going to be jumping a little bit out of order so for those of you who are OCD we apologize in advance for that but the reason that we're doing that is we really are trying to do a better job of layering things for you. So if there's a specific focus that we are talking about on a Sunday morning, we really want to kind of layer that for you and continue to help you focus on that particular area. So as you'll see today, I'll be teaching from Romans 3. And, and then we're kind of throughout the week's going to be jumping forward and backward depending on what the specific topic is. Just to really honestly give you a little bit fuller picture of what is going to be addressed through those specific scriptures. So let me pray, and then we'll go ahead and jump into the Bible study today. God, I thank you so much that you have given us your word. And as we are going to even talk about today, God, we are such a privileged people to be able to engage with you in this way. We learn about your character. We learn about the ways that you have set up for us that are so helpful in living a full life and trying to honor you and to love others. And we thank you so much for this incredible opportunity that we get to talk with you through your word. And, and we just pray that your word, as it says in scripture, will come alive to us, that it will penetrate into our hearts, allowing us to not only have a love and a passion for your word and what it means to our lives, but also giving us the strength to apply it to our lives. And I pray that today is no different. And as we move forward through all of these Bible studies, that your word will become a powerful force that governs our lives in every way. May your Holy Spirit be open to us today to teach us, to grow us, and change us. And it's in your mighty and powerful name that we pray these things. Amen. Well, today I'm going to kind of set up the Bible study by starting with just a story. And so I like to do this just to kind of give us all a mental picture of where we're going in the direction that I hope to kind of achieve through this Bible study. So when I came on staff, I recognized really quickly here at the tree that there were two, usually two types of individuals within our office staff. The first is what I would call rule followers. Those who love to operate within the confines of what rules and guidelines provide for their life. 
they operate that way for a number of different reasons, maybe because it provides for them a comfort of knowing that I know the boundaries that are going to keep me safe, are going to keep me content, are going to keep me in a place where there's no potential consequences for my life. And so those people love to know those boundaries. They love to know those guidelines. And, and more so, they love to operate within those confines of what those guidelines provide. So the second group, I wouldn't call them necessarily rule breakers. Maybe a better term is rule benders to where they see rules and they maybe see them as a suggestion. <laughs> maybe they see them as the potential of, you know, I, this is kind of a guideline for me. I know that it's maybe beneficial for me, but I have a different opinion or I have a different thought, so maybe I want to operate outside of those things. There is always the potential that they might have the, the idea or, or see the rules more of like, Rules are made to be broken, or that kind of concept. So within our staff, I would say that we have both of those types of individuals. And when both of those individuals look at one another, look at the lives that each of those you know, compartments live, they have some confusion, they have some tension, they have some, some questions about why those individuals are operating in the way that they are. So if a rule follower is looking at a non-rule follower and they're kind of questioning their lives, not judging them per se about the way that they're living. They're looking at them and saying, I don't fully understand why you're operating that way, but I see that there maybe is an alternative way uh, of living or that there's something new that potentially you could be teaching me. Um, or maybe they just completely are like, there's no way I will ever operate outside of the systems that are provided for me here at the work. So I say all of that to kind of set up that it's a very similar, maybe a little bit different scenario that Paul is addressing here in Romans 3. So let me read the, the scripture and then I'll jump right into explaining it. He says in Romans 3, 1 through 4, Then what advantage has the Jew? Or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way. To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? He says, by no means. Let God be true, though everyone were a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. And so just a little bit of context for what Paul is talking about in this particular verse. And essentially what he's going to be talking about in 2, 3, and 4 uh, of, this, of this book, he says there are two parties two separate parties he's going to be addressing. First are the Jews within the Roman church, and, and these Jews are what he would often call the circumcised group, or what they would see themselves as the circumcised group, the group that God originally established his covenant relationship with to begin with. So through the lineage of Abraham, he started this relationship, and one of the mandates was that they had to become circumcised, and so therefore, that was just a tradition that they would carry out through the remainder of their relationship with God, and they saw that as a must. So they were considered the circumcised group. The second group is what we would call the Gentiles, or what he would call the Gentiles, or the uncircumcised group. And so this specific group was not raised within the Jewish culture. So the laws and the guidelines and the, the systems that, that God had set up, they were not as familiar with them. Maybe they saw or observed from afar, but maybe they weren't in the context of what was being established within the Jewish culture. And so to them, it literally was foreign to them. They had no concept or no idea exactly why the Jews did what they did. So both parties are coming from 
different backgrounds, different experiences, but they're trying to make sense of this new gospel that Paul is introducing to them. So some are based, the Jews are based highly in tradition, and this is just the way that we've always done it. And the Gentiles are like, now that we get to be included in this new covenant, I'm having a hard time kind of wrestling with what all of it, all does, how does all of this make sense, and how does the old laws and everything apply to where I am today in my relationship with God? Does it help me? Does it hinder me? Does it even make sense anymore? So let's jump into Romans chapter 1, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit more. So Paul says in Romans 1 and 2, I'm going to kind of lump them together. He says, what advantage is it to be a part of the Jewish culture? And he actually responds in such a a powerful way. He says, much in every way. So what does he mean by this? What Paul means by this is they had the advantage because they had a head start. They had an opportunity to engage with God from the very beginning, that God specifically chose this group of people to bless them with his presence and bless them with an ability to interact with him. So he would give them laws. He would give them standards to operate within that were both an advantage to their lives, but also an advantage to honoring and serving and loving God. And this was sa- the same thing was true when they would sin. He would say, I'm going to give you opportunities to be saved, opportunities to be in salvation with me so that we can be in right standing with one another. He'll go on later on in chapter four to talk about righteousness so that we can be in right standing with one another. So the Jews were at much advantage because they were given a head start, because they had already established this relationship with God, knew that he existed, and knew essentially what it looked like to kind of be in relationship with him. Pa- David says it this way in Psalm 144:15. He says, "Blessed are the people to whom such blessings fall." Blessed are the people as we can kind of attest to in our own personal lives that we get to operate within a relationship with the creator God. That God wants to love us, he wants to show us ways to live, he wants to correct us if we need to be corrected. We are so blessed to have that advantage in our lives. He goes on to say in uh, Psalm 144:15, "Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. And this is exactly what the Jews, the advantage that they had. They were unlike any other nation before them that had ever had this experience. And so the value of the laws, the value of things like circumcision set them apart and allowed them to have that jump start on anybody else who was going to then now within the new covenant be given an opportunity to cooperate and to, to be in relationship with God. So the laws were given to them to help them remain in relationship with God. They had a purpose. God was fulfilling something specifically through those laws that he was giving them. They were establishing everything up to this point. And God gave the laws to guide his people, to confirm even within them and with others that they were set apart, like I said earlier. And God gave them a huge advantage by being able to be in relationship with him from the get-go. So, As you know, (laughs) as I was even hinting at earlier with the idea of those kind of law benders, just because laws are given doesn't always mean that we operate within those laws. And I'll give an example. So think about traffic laws. So you have laws that tell you speed limits. You have laws that tell you how far or close you are to be riding behind somebody in the car. They tell you to slow down at yellow lights when oftentimes there's something in us that just wants to speed up and speed through those lights so we can don't hit that red light. They tell us about places that we can park. 
they say no parking in this specific area from this time to this time. You can't park in these positions. And so although these rules are given, these laws are given, we don't always operate within those laws. They're given to us as a framework to kind of protect us and to protect others, but Sometimes, sometimes we choose not to operate within those laws. For whatever reason, we decide. The same is true for the Jews. God gave them laws. He gave them ways, healthy ways, to operate and to be in relationship with him. But as it says here in in verse 2, he says that some of them were faithless. Some of them chose not to operate within those standards or within those laws that God had given them. So, the question, and I think this is a relevant question that all of us ask at times, is specifically from not only the Jews' perspective, but also from the Gentiles' perspective of what if there were some who were faithless? What if there were some who didn't operate within those laws? Does that mean that all of us get punished? Does that mean that God removes his presence from all of us who are trying to be- remain in relationship with him? And, and so for me, I have a kind of a personal example is I remember being in grade school and I got in trouble because I was hanging out with a group of friends who were kind of being a little bit reckless within the class. Now, at the time, I wasn't participating with them or in them and being reckless, but because I was lumped with them, I got actually got a, a in-school detention, which I hate breaking rules. If you know me, I'm a law, law follower, so a rule follower. So for me, just because I was in this group, I essentially got punished as a result. And I think this is a similar question that they're asking, that Paul is addressing. As, they're, as the Jews are looking in at this new covenant and as the Gentiles are, per, are perceiving it, does that mean that God's going to no longer keep or fulfill his promises that he originally uh, communicated to, to, the, to the Jews in the beginning? And so that is a relevant and a very significant question because it's a big if. Like, that's, if, if something doesn't, work out to where I know that I'm supposed to follow God in this way, is it going to be relevant for me to continue to follow him? So if God is not faithful to them, that then in turn determines how I'm going to approach God. And notice in there that Paul uses the the term that some were unfaithful, that some were faithless. So that didn't mean that everybody within that group had completely abandoned God, that everybody had kind of left him. And, and thankfully, Paul kind of comforts our hearts and comforts the, the hearts of, of the Jews and the Gentiles in that time. And he says, by no means is that true. God is always faithful to the promises that he provides, that he will stick to those promises. And in verse 4, he actually reemphasizes that in a more powerful way by saying that you will see as you interact with God, you will see that the promises, if you remain faithful to God, that the promises that he has provided to be faithful to you will come true. And so he uses it kind of a a weird way of terming it, but he says this. He says that you may be justified in your words. And in this specific thing, he's referencing a verse from Psalms, but he's talking directly about God. And he's saying that you may be justified. God, you may be justified in the word that you've communicated and that you prevail when you are judged, that when people look in and they question whether or not God is faithful, they will see through our lives and through our example that God, you actually are faithful in everything that you do. And so let's think about the application for our own lives. 
in our lives, we too are called to be faithful to God. At times, we are not. And we'll learn more about this kind of in the coming weeks as the other pastors and teachers talk about what this new covenant looks like in our lives and the new gospel message that's being presented. So there's a little bit of a cliffhanger today, but we have to think about how does this apply to our lives? And a question I think we often wrestle with is, if I am ever unfaithful, if I think that my sin bucket has ever reached a complete limit, Will there be a time that God will remove his hand from me? Will there be a time when God is not faithful to me? And the comfort that we can have knowing from today is that God is always faithful to his promises. And if we return, if we remain and continue to be and turn back and want to be faithful in our pursuit of being in a relationship with God, that God will be faithful to the promises that he's established to give us life and life abundantly. And so I hope that today this was beneficial for you as you're exploring and, and thinking through Romans 3. And I can't thank you enough for, for joining us in this adventure as we're all trying to grow in our relationship. And we hope you have a very great day.